Hello, and you are tuning in to Don't Overthink It, the podcast. I'm your host, serial entrepreneur, first-time mom, and straight shooter, Terrace Sherman. Every stage of life comes with its own set of challenges, and in each weekly episode, I will dive into the topics that are difficult to face. I'll be bringing you interviews from trailblazing guests, as well as healing-centered solo episodes. Life comes at you fast. Don't overthink it. Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Terrace Couture and you are tuning in to Don't Overthink It, the podcast. Welcome back for another episode. This podcast is sponsored and brought to you by lifeandcouture.com. And this episode is called The Customer is Not Always Right. (laughs) And I know we have been taught time and time again that the customer is right. When they trained us for our very first job, that was a thing. Um, But now, not so much. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I own several companies. Uh, The two that most people are familiar with is my marketing agency, LIC Marketing Company, as well as my um, lifestyle platform and women's e-commerce store, lifeandcouture.com. But another company that I do own is a virtual call center where I provide work work from home opportunities for my agents. Now, I have already learned so much from being a business owner and from being a marketer overall, um, from case studies to um, being really in tune with customer and client behavior. That's an essential part of what I do. But if you are an entrepreneur, if you are looking to be an entrepreneur, um, and if you are going to be on the customer or client facing side of entrepreneurship, I highly, highly recommend you to work in a call center for at least six months, right? Whether it be you work as a contractor, whether you go find a call center job. And I know this is unconventional, unconventional, but it's essential because I have learned so much from the ground level about customer service. Um, I'm sorry, not customer service. Well, customer service as well, but customer behavior from training my clients and um, operating in my call center as well and oh child listen when I first got started and I would train my agents uh, or train them on how to handle these calls based on the training that I was provided and then if I had to come onto a call or you know correct anything or you know do anything that kind of work for one of my agents and I had to come on a call and somebody got like would irritate me too bad like I would immediately like ego kick in going to boss mode I don't have to listen to this I don't have to deal with this call is over like get somebody else to do it and the part of leadership while delegating roles is important being a great leader is being able to exhibit what you are requiring or requesting of those who are working underneath your leadership. And so I cannot require a request my agents 
to conduct themselves a certain way and I get on these calls and I fold, right? And I've been doing this for a few years now, so. <laughs> um, but learning the people that you are serving, learning the people that you are serving is a critical part of your success as an entrepreneur. I have to know these people, right? And I'm big on creating client profiles um, and really getting in tune with the with the customer of who. So when I come into um, the marketing strategy for a client or for a business, I'm coming in at the strategy level, right? At the at the launch level, we're developing these client profiles and we're going extremely in depth with these client profiles, so that when we launch a new service, a new offering, a new product, etc., it's connecting directly with the buyers, right? So learning the people that you are serving is essential. It's something that I've always taught, always coached, always did. Um, I have over 10 years in marketing and marketing for other companies as an employee um, and in tandem with me operating my marketing agency full time as well now. And so, oh, so early on. Early on in my career as an entrepreneur, and I say my first business, I didn't have a lot of like negative interactions with clients or with customers. Like, and that could I could charge it to me just being young and me being extremely optimistic and me having like a good dog syndrome. Like, I just did a good job, pat me on my head and tell me I did a good job, right? Um, and evolving now into a it needs to be profitable. And it needs to make sense. If I'm going to dedicate my time to it, it's not even just about money. If I'm going to dedicate my time to a thing or to an issue, it has to make sense. It has to be productive and it has to be conducive to the bigger picture and the bottom line. Um, and so, like I said, starting out, maybe I was working with bad clients and didn't know just because I was just hustling and bustling and grinding just to build that clientele right um and then growing into an e-commerce uh business dealing with customers in that capacity was a little different um because you're interacting during the transaction you're staying engaged by way of text marketing or email marketing etc but it's kind of between what um the interaction between one purchase and the next, right? So it's not like a continual, whereas now my marketing agency is project-based. So it's a continual line of communication, whereas when you're product-based, it's one basically one transaction to the next, um, with the exception of you staying engaged or, or working to get those customers engaged um, in between those transactions, right? And so... When I transitioned from e-commerce, well, I didn't transition away from, but even while working in my e-commerce, I started to see um, that there are customers and there are clients. So I would have clients who were not tech savvy, who were not well versed in how to operate and how to order online. They come from those and I'm aging myself a little bit. So if you new here, uh, talk to your mom or your grandma about it. But they come from those ages of catalogs. I'm flipping through the catalogs, I'm circling what I want, and I'm calling you to place my order. 
right? And when people would ask me those things, like, do you have a catalog? Like, what? No. And I'm not about, like, you either going to get on this site and order it or you don't want it. Missing out on sales because those people who wanted the catalog wanted the whole lipstick collection or wanted every new product that I dropped. <laughs> and me having to really tailor my business to serve that particular audience segment as well. I had to create a catalog, right? I mean, essentially, they still had to download it, but I had to create that catalog and provide, um, figure out a way to deliver this catalog, how to deliver this information that wasn't just in this digital space, it wasn't in this e-commerce space for those customers, or I'm sorry, for those clients who did not want to work the website, but wanted to make major purchases with my company. And it's like, you can get irritated because they're requiring you to do more work, but it's conducive. It aligns with the bigger picture, which is serving my clients in a way that fits them and generating the sales from them in a way where they feel like they've gotten good service. They don't just feel like they're throwing away money. They've gotten good service and a good product. Because a lot of times, like, I use Walmart, for example, because I'm going I'm to always go drop in Walmart for something. Because it's everywhere. It's convenient. Um, and, like, you know, if I'm out of town, I forgot something. Probably I probably roll past three Walmarts. You know, I prefer Target, but I probably roll past three Walmarts before I got to Target. Same with fast food. You know, I prefer a Chick-fil-A, but I probably rode past three McDonald's before I got to a Chick-fil-A. Um, and so while at these particular places, you don't get good service, they're quick and they're convenient, right? So I'm not going here because y'all give me good service. I'm going here because I know for a fact, like, I can get something and still make it to where I need to go on time, etc. But for your business, right? You get to curate the experience that your customers or that your clients are having with you. And that's what made me take it a step up, create this catalog, and offer this alternative route for my clients to order from me. Right? And I call them clients because, like I said, they weren't, it wasn't like a lipstick here, a lipstick there. It would be like, hey, you put out a new collection, I want all, I want everything from that collection. Or you started a new service, I want everything from that service. Or you put out a t-shirt design. Oh, like, I'm giving these away from stock and stuffers and they're buying 10 or 12 t-shirts. You know, and so it's just like, everything got to make sense. And so then I'm moving from, not moving from, but I, I own this e-commerce platform. But my marketing agency is 98% service-based. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I got into this company, I'm familiar with the work, familiar with getting the results. I know what I'm doing, but in determining a business structure, not in not whether it's an LLC or a partnership or some partnership, but a structure to the business. How do I capture leads? How do I follow up on the leads? How do I uh, secure the leads? How do I uh, conduct client onboarding? How do I manage clients once they are onboarded? How do I keep um, my workload managed? You know, how do I um, project 
or estimate what's coming into the pipeline, what's going down the pipeline. How do I keep all these things intact, right? And so when I was, and I've been a full-time employee, that means no no job, just me working my businesses um, for a little, going on four years now. And I really had to make a transition. Like I said, I've been in business but this was just a different level, a different capacity of service. So I had to transition from an employee mindset of I'm a yes man. And from that, the early days of entrepreneurship where, yes, just I have good dog syndrome. Just pat me on my head, tell me good girl syndrome. Just tell me I did a good job to working on scaling this business, right? We're building something here. So a lot of those so like I said, transition from that that mindset of yes, 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 I'm just doing everything to keep you happy, doing everything to, you know, not rock the boat, etc. Even if it's unnecessary, even if it's time consuming, even if it messes up my timeline of me working with other clients. Saying yes at my expense and at the expense of my company, right? But I had to transition into a quote-unquote boss mindset of now I gotta set boundaries and I have to set the tone and I have to set the scope I have to manage the expectations right now I have to see not only you know is my company a good fit for the client but is the client a good fit for me you know because working with the wrong clients it's going to leave you feeling burned out. You're going to be doubtful. You're going to be skeptical about if you can do a thing or not. Am I really even meant to be doing this? And hell, if you work with the right one, they'll have you ready to quit. To quit. And what I realized is that as long as I was a yes man for clients, as long as there was no pushback, as long as I did not make clients adhere to my policies, as long as I did not manage their expectations in a way where, no, I'm not doing that. You know, they were happy. They were happy. But, you know, like Destiny Child said, the first time I said no, it's not like I never said yes. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. The first time you tell a client no, you're going to see their true colors. You're going to see their true colors. Because human nature, and like I said, that's why I go back to my call center. Human nature says, what I realize about people is, people are lazy. Not in a negative way, but even if the information is there, I'm not going to read it. You need to tell me, give me the Cliff Notes version of it. So they're lazy in how they do research. And read information they sign things without reading them because they're just trying to hurry up and move along they're often in a rush they're moving too fast and they don't pay attention to small details um they think they're smarter than you that's very true they're smarter than you they could tell you how to run your company um and they're selfish I don't care what you got to do. I don't care what it's costing you. I don't I don't care. And they're greedy. I don't care what it, what it costs you. What you got to do. You need to get it done. 
And not only do you need to get it done, but you need to get it done. And then I need you to add this on top of it. That's a very, very real thing. That's human nature. So this is not too. And so when I'm coaching my, my clients who are business owners, I tell them all the time, do not bash your clients because it's human nature. So you need to get to the root of human nature so that you don't take things personally. Like for my call center job, it's easy to not take things personally. Right? I have contracts with other organizations, with clients, and I'm just the face I'm just the front facing portion of their company. So it's easy to not take it personal personally. Right? But when it's your business and someone is attacking you about something that you built and that you're passionate about and this is your baby. It's easier to take it personal and to want to get mad and to bash clients or customers. And so when I'm coaching my clients, I tell them all the time, it's human nature. It's not a reflection of that person as an individual. It's, it's human nature. Right? And if you can attribute things to human nature, you will not take them personally. Anytime you tell a, a kid no, they throw a tantrum. Children are depictions of human nature. They were just born like that before society got to them, before society told them how to behave, before society told them what to think and how to progress and how to, they were just born like that. You tell me no, I'm going to throw a tantrum. I can't do a thing. I'm upset about it. And so that is important to note. It's human nature. It's not personal. I don't care that your grandma handed you down this business and this business been in your family for 1700 years and you and you it, it's in your heart and your soul. When you're dealing with people, it's not personal. It's human nature. And so like I said, make sure clients are a good fit because they will have you ready to quit. They will have you upset, have you hot behind the ears, ready to, to cuss them out. <laughs> but it's not personal. It's not personal. And that's where boosting your confidence as a professional. So, like I said, they will have you really, working with the wrong people will have you ready to quit. So, some ways to get ahead of that is to write, post, and distribute clear policies. All right, they need to be everywhere, they need to be linked everywhere during your onboarding. They need to be highlighted. Like for me, I had to get to a point where I included them in the standard contract, and I had to send them again, like review them and get. The client's initial like two two separate agreements just so i can make sure that you see them that way and then they're also on the website right so it's a link in the on the website they're linked in the signature of my email listen overload people with information okay overload people with information because like i said they are people are lazy Think about yourself as a consumer. Think about yourself as a customer. Think about yourself as a client. 
I do my due diligence now because I'm a business owner, right? But prior to, oh, I just got a quick question. I just got a quick question. And you're going to quick question somebody to death when they have a million other things to do. And that's the reason that they wrote out all this information on their website or their booking site um, for you to read prior to working with them. And I know I live in Atlanta. <laughs> so, you know, who got the worst rep here as a business, as business owners are hairstylists because you go to their booking page pages and it's 50 million in rules on these pages. And prior to building a clientele the way that I have I did not understand it I was like this is so irritating like they really think somebody's gonna read all this stuff yes because you know why I took my time I put this together to answer all your questions because you're trying to quick question me while I'm working on clients I cannot step away from my client that's in a chair to keep answering your questions so what I did is I compiled all the FAQs everything that I'm asked over and over again, I compile those FAQs and I put them in a format for you to read. And so when you go to their Instagram pages, read <laughs> read my policies before booking. It's essential. And I used to absolutely hate it. Because I'm like, well, I got questions. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And I bumped into, I have a cousin who um, is a hairstylist in Atlanta. And... Um, prior to her becoming a salon owner, she worked in a salon suite. And so I, you know, used to hang out with her down there and I met, um, some hairstyles and it was one in particular that really used to stick out to me because in my head, I just used to, I, like, I never said it out loud, but I always used to think like, this girl is really an asshole. Like it really don't take all of that. But when you are booked up, when your schedule is full, it, it does take all of that. So I answered the questions, I posted them, I distributed them in a way, I redirected you to them every time you ask them a question because if you would have just read it, th read it through, you would see that all your questions are answered. Um, and I've even broken it down in a way where if you have a particular, a specific question in a specific area, you can just skip to that area and read the question, you know. But it was after me talking with her, she provided services for me, etc., I understood because while she was doing my hair, she's getting 50 million inboxes, emails, calls, texts. And it's like if she had to stop every time to answer it, she wouldn't be able to schedule her clients and, and do the income, income generating tasks that it requires for her to stay in business. So if you are not working with an assistant or an administrative team, or even if you are, because that takes away from them helping you to further build the business as well, it's important to have those have those FAQs or those policies somewhere where you can redirect your clients to them. Another important thing to do is to manage client expectations. All right. I have clients who maybe I've designed a website for them three or four years ago. I've done some work for them three or four years ago. When I complete their offboarding, they sign an offboarding agreement agreeing that everything looks correct. Um, 
stating that they're taking responsibility for the files that I've provided from here on out and that after 90 days, these file, I would no longer have access to these files, so they need to save them for future reference. <laughs> but initial, I have them initial those specific lines, sign off on the agreement, transfer everything to their ownership, move on to the next project, right? And then you have clients that come back three, four years later, like, well, can you do this? And if you say no, it's like a big tension. Well, you designed the website. Well, yeah, I did. But I also provided you with that off-boarded information stating that, you know, you'd be responsible from your files here on out because I transferred the ownership over to you. Same with a lot of clients that I work with in my um, call center. And I want to name the clients by name, but maybe they've had open like cases or open um, projects from years ago has some has some you know 2017 2016 and they're calling back like well i know you still have this on file well per your information agreement we do not it's outside of our our statute of limitations so at this point it's your responsibility to save all your paperwork you know and that's managing the expectations because yes human nature we are entitled if i paid you some money if you're supposed to be doing something for me, then you need to have all of my stuff when I call. I don't care if it's 10 years from now. It's an entitlement. And so it's not to be taken personally. And it I mean, we human too as business owners, so it can be irritating. But you need to learn how to take a step back, decompress, and realize that it's not personal. That's the human nature of the business. So your job is to manage those expectations, right? So don't be irritated or bashful about repeating the policy, reiterating what you've already presented to them because you'll, you'll give them their answer. They'll ask it in another way. Standing firm on that and consistently redirect. It's human nature. Like I said, it's not personal. So because humans, people are not always right. The customer is not always right. But it's important to, like I said, still deal with these customers professionally and with some tact. And with tact. I've had a client I work with on multiple projects, right? Everything was smooth. Had no reason to doubt picking them up for a third and final time um and then what changed on this third and final time is we you know we talked we went over scope everything that i was supposed to be doing and then it got later on down the line where it's like oh i'm working with this person this person they're trying to loop in three to four different people and um, yeah, because I'm trying to build a team. I'm not a part of your team unless you're paying a retainer fee. I'm project-based. So, you know, I'm not working in tandem with competitors. So that they're, you know, seeing my behind-the-scenes structure of how I'm working with you as a client because you're the one that signed the agreement. You're the one that I've been working with. Um, and so that was just like a big nightmare. Um, and I remember just being like after saying no, you know, and setting that, managing the expectations, setting the boundaries, because like I said, it does come with, it, it, it don't, it doesn't go unpunished. So you can set the boundaries, still remain professional 
Now, I remember um, the conversations just got extremely condescending. It's being talked down to, being called millennial. <laughs> um, different things like that. And I remember, you know, just asking my client like, hey, you know, please be mindful of how you speak to me. I'm sure as two professional women that we can get this project completed uh, with some tact and with respect. And then it went from being disrespected to or being disrespectful to um, playing victim. Oh, that email, you know, that communication was very disrespectful. No, threatening is the word, the specific word. It's very threatening. And for me to have to reiterate, you know, the, the intention is not threatening. It's just so that we can move forward with respect on both parties and me having to stay respectful because what happens is sometimes people try to work you up so that they can be the right they can be the perceived as the right party and so it's always important as an entrepreneur as a business owner as client facing as a party of customer service to stay respectful and to stay a professional i don't care who gets out of character who steps down what they throw at you um what party air quote party they invite you to it is not your job to join to attend you don't have to accept every invitation right i don't have to accept every invitation because that wasn't personal and while clients and customers try to make it personal to you because you are the business owner it's not personal to you they would have did that anywhere they would, they would go into Target and do that. They would go into Walmart. They would do that anywhere that somebody told them no. That's their nature. And so, like I said, it's very important. Have your policies. Have a list of FAQs. Things that people will ask. Then I had to distinguish the difference between FAQs and policies. So, yes, this is how the business is structured. But there are general questions that people ask consistently that don't fall within those policies. And it's being open and being flexible to, hey, I didn't answer that. So let me respond to this customer. Let me let me respond to this client. Let me answer them. And then I need to pivot and constantly be updating my FAQs because things will change. Things will change. But I said that the customer is not always right to say. Not to say that you get to treat them any kind of way just because of how they behave in. Because we are charged and we have a different obligation as business owners and as service providers and as entrepreneurs. We are responsible. We are stewards over our clients and over our customers. So just because they misbehave does not mean we get to misbehave. And so I want to thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Don't Overthink It, the podcast brought to you by LifeInCouture.com. If you are not already, please follow Life and Couture on Instagram at Life and Couture. If you are not following me, the host, Terrace Couture, please follow me on Instagram at Terrace Couture. And we look forward to bringing you more episodes, more content, more guests. And we are going to take 2023 by storm until next time i want to thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of don't overthink it the podcast follow me on instagram at terrace couture 
and check out the website, IamTerrisCouture.com. And until next time.